Live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament inside the Thomas and Mac. It's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Tuesday. Cofield and Company live at the Thomas and Mac Mountain West Conference Tournament. Women's tournament continues. As we'll have the semis tonight, UNLV very much alive in this tournament, the favorite in the tournament, but a lot of pressure in the tournament because they've had this monster season. And uh, if you talk to Lindy Rock, at least what she said publicly is she believes without a win in the tournament, they go home. Now, technically, they don't go home. They'll be in the women's NIT, but the ultimate goal was the NCAA tournament. So that's the story we're going to be covering up until 5 o'clock when they tip down on the floor. We're on the concourse. So if you're coming out, say hi. We're by uh, the Dos Equis Bar in Section 106 with Cofield and Company. We'll be here today, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday as the madness is here. Vegas madness is here. John Von Tobel is the company. Adam Hill along in a little bit. We'll uh, get some previews of the West Coast Conference championship game. That goes on tonight at the Orleans of the Pac-12. Men's field starts up tomorrow. We'll get a preview of that in the 5 o'clock hour. we got... Football, 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 football. There's a lot going on in the NFL, especially with uh, important tags being handed out. So, fired up for madness. We talked to you yesterday at around 4.45. Um, I am. I love it. You, oh. know, you know I love it. This is my favorite month of the year. Oh, it's great. So, like, I enjoy college basketball, uh, not to the degree to which, like, you and or Adam Hill enjoy it. But this is the best time of year. When I'm sitting at home last night, right, and I'm watching, like, Chattanooga and Furman, because I got to bet on it, and you know what I mean, and you're getting all riled up, and you're watching some of these teams you didn't really watch all year long get championship bids and whatnot. No, it's exciting. It's awesome, and especially out here. There's more people out here. People hit you up. Hey, what do you want to go do next Thursday, Friday? I've already got plans for that. So we're going yeah, just going out and doing nice. a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I tried to do the casino route, but it was a little pricey. So I was like, all right, let's go do something else. Uh, but still, like this is this is an awesome time of year, both this year and I and I like being out here. You get to, you know, rub elbows with people and whatnot. There's a – and you're right, all the luminaries are out here, uh, really at all the arenas, well, college basketball people. But there's a weird feeling around the conference tournaments. Like, the intensity is there. Like, even the Thomas and Mac, we're here all the time. Yep. But once they put up the black barriers, the uh, Sarah Kamard barriers from way back when uh, one of the BYU players, uh, his wife was very, very, very dangerous, very dangerous. People were afraid of her running on the court and beating people up. Um, but it just changes the feel of the arena. And then, you know, I talked to a couple of the UNLV men's players – today and especially Jordan McCabe he's like I mean this is it it's a one-and-done situation especially for the seniors you and you feel it with everyone and this final four for the women's is gonna be really good CSU and Wyoming late UNLV Lady Rebels and San Diego State early I made you laugh what were you chuckling about well I was just like no because you're right because like you know I don't want to sound like pompous or anything like that, but like usually, like this is our spot. Like I'm used to like coming into the tunnel, waving hi to like you know some of the security guards that recognize, you know what I mean, and just going on up. Like sometimes I don't even get credentials, you know. This is my second house, uh, and then today it's like mm, I don't know, you can't be here till three. It's like well we got a problem. I started three, so let's work something out here. Uh, luckily, the, the other problem is yeah. you wanted us here. Now the security guards <laughs> from the Mountain West Conference don't understand that, but right. Uh, and the lady that helped me was super nice and even recognized yeah, yeah. me. From they're doing year, they're so. doing their job. Yeah, believe me. Oftentimes I hit arenas around the country and i'm like "Ooh, there's no one oh, here. it's it's pretty crazy how uh freely you can walk around sometimes so not here though security all year long is freaking top notch very top notch um nfl news today it's not really news because it's just rumor real stuff but you did see rich eisen tried to or he did drop a bunch of bombs from just conversations kind of 
off-the-record, on-the-record stuff. And he had floated out there that, and some others did too, that Tom Brady, the chatter around Indy and the combine was Tom Brady is not done-done. Hmm. And now it could be the Dolphins who may be most interested. Uh, I don't know if the timing of this was just to get people off his back, but uh, you know from doing the show with Willie, one of my biggest prep sites is people.com. Love it. Yep. And uh, today, Tom Brady, well, I guess it was yesterday, uh, well, a couple days ago. Um, no, it was today. Uh, Instagram Wednesday announced that, Tom Brady announced that he and his kids have adopted two Siamese mixed kittens from mm. the Humane Society of Tampa. So, Tom Brady's a cat guy. It, He's right in your wheelhouse. You respect sound, him more. It sounds like I think he was quoted as saying, uh, boy, coming back. Um, that's tough. If you've ever had a, a two-month-old kitten, I really don't have the time. And right. now it turns out he's got kittens, and oh. I guess he said, is his daughter named uh, Vivian? I would assume. Yeah, Vivian, 10-year-old daughter. Vivi wins again. Kids, they can do that to you, right, John? Um, for some weak-minded parents, maybe. Uh, not for this guy Not right your here. kids. Not, not from the stories guy. we've heard. Um, you guys had a cat, and guess what happened? Well. I'm sure the kids – actually – what was the story? The cat attacked who? My wife, Isabel, was super aggressive with her, and actually the kid, too. Like she, I was the only one the cat liked, like to the point where it was like hissing and claws out and stuff. So we were like, all right, I love were, the cat. Were your kids upset you got rid of the cat? No, he's, so he was still at the age where, like, now, today, he'll ask about the cat. Like, he just like, kind of vaguely remembers it, you know? He was still pretty young when we got her. So How did you dispose of the cat? Uh, we found somebody who wanted it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. We, uh, we used to joke. Like a dumpster? No. <laughs> we used to joke as kids. Uh, my mother was pretty cutthroat, and, you know, when it was done, it was Literally? done. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> you know what? I don't, you know what's funny? I don't know what she did. Because we used to joke about it all the time. We had a couple of cats. Like, we got them early. Or we got them, and then, like, early on, within, like, six months, she was like, Went to camp. Not, this is not working out. And we used to talk about mom taking the cats on an Italian car ride. <laughs> She's Italian. Out in the cornfields. <laughs> I, I don't know where. I don't know what she did with them. I'm assuming she brought them back somewhere. Right. But, uh, yeah, don't abandon your cats. That's mean. No, no, no. Because uh, then what happens is you, know, you get these crazy colonies with unfixed cats. And you know I'm a cat guy. So yeah. we, uh, we had a deal, man, I don't know how long ago it is now, like maybe three, four years ago. We had someone trap cats at one house in the neighborhood. I mean, we had like there were dozens and dozens and dozens of feral cats, and none of them were fixed. Ooh. So it was just out of control. I think in the end the lady trapped like – 37 cats, and now it's starting to come back again. You know, some unfixed cats. And Smushing. Take care of them somewhere. Yeah. No, yeah, it's sm- well, uh, smashing a lot. Well, we, uh, yeah. no, we, we had fixed Figaro, too, before we, we gave them to a new, we gave her to a new home. So, also, her, her name was Figaro because we thought initially that she was a boy. So, that's why. So, now the Raiders are going to talk TB12 out of retirement. They're going to have to take <laughs> the cats into account. That's right. He's going to have to get rid of them. Well, I don't want to start a fight, but the Siamese cats are interesting, too. Aren't they pretty, like, temperamental mm. and somewhat, like, difficult to handle? Mm-hmm. Rumors. I've never had one, but maybe maybe the worst. Really? Maybe the worst, yeah. So I know that – so this is not cats, but it's somewhat related. So, like, love, different, but. lovebirds, for example, right? So when I grew up, we actually had a lovebird. We didn't have two. We only had one because while people like to have the lovebirds, you know, when they kiss and do all the same stuff, the, what actually happens is they tend to get too attached to each other, so they never want to come out of the cage. They never want to do anything. So it's actually better to buy lovebirds separately and actually give them your affection. Maxie was awesome. So maybe it's the same thing. Maybe these Siamese twins are going to be too much into each other. Is this annoying on these cats? Siamese mixed kittens preventing Tom Brady from coming back to play in the NFL appear to be seamless additions to the Brady household, matching their home's marble and white furnishings. Okay, yeah, that's it. 
I mean, that is some rich people nonsense, though. Yeah. Like buying the cats to match the, the vibe of your house. My cats don't match anything we have. Sorry, would, I didn't take that into consideration. Next level rich people stuff would be getting rid of the cats if you decide to re-decorate like decorate the interior. That's it. And getting another set of cats that would match the newly laid interior. Also, he's rich enough. I feel like if you want somebody to take care of the cats, he'll, uh, he'll find somebody to do it. He can board them every once in a while? Right. Or just get like an automatic feeder and an automatic kitty litter scooper. And you know what? Hey, I'm just going to be gone this weekend. I'll be back. Real news. That's not real. Aside from, well, I mean, how much was there to the Brady Dolphins thing? Not much. It was just like, you know, like you said, Rich Eisen said, hey, you know, talking people, like in the back hallways, he called it, in Indianapolis, and just said, he's not done done. And I, like, even from the phrasing of the Dolphins, it didn't even sound like the Dolphins were like putting on the full court press themselves. It's just what we do every year. Hey, Miami and Tom Brady, they flirted last year. Why don't we just, why don't we just talk about this? Starved for content, if you will. We all are. I don't know if we're starving, but we love the NFL. Why not? Which makes today really interesting on the quarterback front. Again, we'll get more into Derek Carr, also Geno Smith with Miles Simmons, NFL Insider after 5 o'clock. Today is Lamar Jackson Day. This is fascinating. So he's been tagged. Non-exclusive tag. Which I find fascinating on the Ravens' part. $32.4 million is what he'd make for this year. It's a one-year deal. No guarantees beyond that. Very dangerous position for a guy who's watching guys like Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Do we have the guaranteed money on Geno yet? I'll, I'll double-check. Because uh, I kept seeing $100 million guaranteed for Carr yesterday. Adam Hill and Vic Tafer and other Raiders people are like, it's really 60 or 70 guaranteed. With the Saints? Gino's only got 30, 30 guaranteed. Okay, so 30 guaranteed. Carr's got 60 or 70 guaranteed. It looks like Daniel Jones has over 80 guaranteed. I'm not playing for $32.4 million if I'm Lamar Jackson. All right, and if people who are listening right now, and I believe, dude, I hate all the money stuff with the NFL because it's so, such trickeration. Because uh, Adam Hill was telling us yesterday that Cars, I think his base year one is like one and a half million dollars mm. because they have to play, you know, numbers games to get under the cap. But again, if I'm Lamar Jackson and I just got tagged for $32.4 million, I'm not playing. And I know there's people driving around and there's fans who are like, well, what else are you going to do? Sit at home. Mm. He's made good money. I hope he saved it. I'm not putting my entire future at risk because – Multiple people with the union don't know how to negotiate. And this franchise tag sucks for the players, and it sucks for the elite of the elite. It's a bad situation for Lamar Jackson. I know there's a lot, again, there's a lot of people listening who are like, $30 million in bet. It's, it's bad when, again, Carr just got $70 million guaranteed. Danny Dimes stinks. Mm-hmm. He just got $80 million guaranteed. Geno Smith has one good year. I doubt he's going to be anywhere near that the rest of his career. He just got a bunch of guaranteed money. We know what. Kyler Murray, who doesn't seem to care half the time what he got in guaranteed money. A guy, a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's got some character uh, and, and at a minimum judgment issues, he's got 250 guaranteed. We had a problem here. Oh, of course. And a, a quick correction, $40 million for Geno Smith. I don't know why that was the previous report I read was $30 million. So $40 million for Geno Smith. But to your overall point, yes. And that's why, like, for the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the other side of this. This is a win for the Baltimore Ravens. Slap tag on them. All right, cool. Go get a deal. And if it's a deal that we like, guess what? We get first rights to re-sign you. And if it's not something we like, we get two first-round picks. 
Like, the, the teams are in such a position of power when it comes to these franchise tags, whether it's exclusive or not exclusive. I mean, uh, you're right. I'm fast. This is why I, I, I want to say – I can't remember who, and I'll look up exactly who it was. But this would be the time now for, for Lamar Jackson to go, okay, franchise tags on me? Cool. I'm going to go get a real agent now. Like, why not? Now we're going to go get a real agent and go get me some real deals so I can get out of here. Because that would be the ultimate that, – that, I think, is the next step for Lamar Jackson. I get that you want to do this all on your own and keep 100% of what you make and whatever it is, but if you want to maximize your value, now that you have the right to go and talk to other teams, this is where you get somebody in your corner. I totally agree with you. This is not working to this point. Yep. It's not. He can't do it by himself. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. And, like, look, I'm not in, like, high-stakes negotiations like Lamar Jackson at all, but – I've negotiated my own contract. It's not a good place to be in. It's it's right. It's yeah, it's it, very. It can be very personal. It can be very personal. Very and insulting. You, and you just like generally, or me, in this instance, you just don't know how to maximize your own value for the most part, especially if you're doing this on your own for the first time. But if he if he's able to get a deal like he wants, first of all, I don't. What what is the deal he wants? Is it two fifty, two seventy five, three hundred million, something around? Something like that. And yeah. he wants it fully guaranteed, right? Like Deshaun Watson. And I don't think that's a horrific ask. I don't know that he's getting it. But for the price that that's going to cost with an agent, you don't think that agent's going to make you back that and more? Not only with the deal with the football team, but also endorsements? By the way. Of course. Of of course. The the agent is going to make you that money back, reduce the aggravation. Oh, I was just going to say, too, I mean, we always – because this was a while ago. Remember, Kirk Cousins has a fully guaranteed contract as well. So this is is why you're sitting around here, Lamar Jackson, going, look at these guys. Come on. And – the Ravens, to a certain extent, have him by the you-know-what because the union stinks. Because mm-hmm. the union continues to allow this franchise nonsense, this franchise tag nonsense, to go on. It's a bad deal for the players. So we got a lot to break down with Lamar Jackson. Um, I listen to Fox Sports Radio most of the day. Um, that's the network that I like the most. ESPN Radio does a wonderful job. You can listen to Fox over on uh, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM and – Man, across the board, it was like every guest, every host was under the belief that not only do the Ravens have him by the you-know-whats with the, the franchise tag and the 32-4, everyone also believed, and maybe I missed someone, but everyone I heard also believed no one will step up to give up the two first and the money. And I started thinking, I'm like, there are, there are some franchises. Yes. Like, we got one down the road here. There are some franchises that are looking at some friggin' bleak times at quarterback or have never really had a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. You don't think there's one or two teams that are willing to give up 250 or 275 guaranteed even for a guy who's a runner and just showed some weird tendencies with his injury this last season and two first to finally end their friggin' drought of not having a quarterback or looking forward and they're like, are we going to have someone for the next five years so – I can't wait to see how this plays out with Lamar Jackson. Cofield and Company is live at the Thomas and Mac for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. She might not have had her typical stat line, but it was her that was still commanding a double down there why we got open for threes. So if we take her out of the mix, then that doesn't happen. And I think because everyone knows how she can just kind of go off, that you still have to double and, you know, be attentive to everyone. It's not about her. It's not about any one player. It's about the, the team and, and getting the job done. And I think she's happier than anyone to, to uh, have the win. 
It's Cofield and Company, live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament inside the Thomas and Mack. Lady Rebels look for win number 30 tonight. They're going to win two more. That's how they get the automatic bid at the Mountain West Conference Tournament. They're 19-0 now in conference yesterday. Absolute destruction of Reno. Desiree Young, best player in the league, was actually kind of quiet. She had eight points, but they're so good. They're so balanced that... It didn't matter. They won by 37, and I'm sure she'll be super motivated tonight. And as Lindy LaRock was pointing out, when you have an elite big who requires double teams, guess what that does for the perimeter players? And they freaking lit it up from three. They were 13 of 26 from deep. So Would they really need a, a win, an automatic qualifier? Um, I'm not, I'm, I will not pretend to be well-versed yeah. in women's hoops, but looking, overlooking their resume and where they fall in you know, women's rankings and whatnot, it They're seems like they would be solidly in. 19-0 in conference. They're 29-2. and they're 51 in the net. Right. We talked to Lindy Little Rock yesterday. All right, you have this cut. I asked Lindy, hey, in the event that you lose, and, you know, hope you don't, but what do you think of the at-large bid? I mean, you guys have an outstanding resume. I mean, I think if we don't win the tournament, uh, we aren't getting a bid. Unfortunately, I don't agree with it. I think we're very deserving. Um, but, you know, just historically, that's that's what the committee and, and the selection people have done. And so, you know, we don't want to leave that in their hands at all. If, you know, it were to come to that and we'd get an at-large, I would be shocked. Okay. A lot of people ask me if that was just a point of motivation, just to keep the ladies focused. I'm, I'm not so sure. Well, the crazy thing is, and... I mean, if they don't make it, if they lose tonight, they don't make it, why even have a poll? Right. They're number 22 in the country. And I know polls are mostly irrelevant, but that's pretty bad if you've got a top 25 team. They go unbeaten regular season in their conference, and they don't get a bid. I mean, so, because I can understand, that's how, it's funny you said it. I was going to ask you if that was like a motivational thing, right, how Georgia was an underdog and nobody believed it or whatever it was. Um but I like her last line. Her closing line there is actually kind of. She would be shocked if they got a a, uh, a bid. Did they not? Should they not win the Mountain West? That's that is for a head coach of a uh, you know program to say that. That's actually a pretty shocking statement to hear itself. Maybe lay on the groundwork to yeah. you know really freaking lay into the selection committee like a little proactive strike. If they do lose, like hey, let's get. Let's get a good four days here of this is absolute bull crap if this team in Vegas from the Mountain West Conference that, you know, is 19-0 in conference doesn't get an at-large bid. So there's a lot of games to be played. Uh, the real games are just take care of business. But that's not going to be easy because they, you know, if CSU is in the final, that's a tough game. And San Diego State, I think, is the most talented team aside from the Lady Rebels, and they're up tonight at 5 o'clock. So breakups are hard, John. They are. The X has landed somewhere. The X has found a, uh, a new lady, a new organization. Derek Carr landed in New Orleans with the Saints. You dropped a bomb on us yesterday. Was I the only one that thought that? You're the only, I, you, I will say you are probably the on, only person in the country who would say they may not have upgraded from Andy Dalton. And I, I was like, okay. And then I looked at Andy Dalton's numbers last year, and I'm like, they actually are pretty good. Right. <laughs> 67% completion. Uh, QBR was like 50 and a half, but he had 18 touchdowns and nine interceptions. His PFF grade was in the 80s. He was, he was really good. I mean, I think Carr's clearly better than Dalton, but it's food for thought. Uh, then, and by the way, if you're saying, you, to give a real response to, are you the only one? Um, I, I go to TikTok a lot. Okay. The, a lot of the TikTok, uh, TikTok comments, and they may not have been Saints fans, but a lot of them were, like, we just went from, what were they last year? Were they 
seven and eight, nine, whatever they were. Yeah. It was like, and you know, it was like we just went to nine and eight, or we just got a tie. Right. Instead of a loss. That's what I said. Like, I there's no, there's was... no big. John, it's a pretty bold statement. I mean, it's a lateral they, move. They had, you had multiple organizations. New York is freaking rotting up for weeks about Derek Carr. Now, since he signed in, in the, with were the Saints, they? people people are like, well, no, I'm not saying the Jets, but fans around it are like, oh, now what? And then you come on yesterday, you're like, he's basically a step up from Andy Dalton. Like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's quite a take. Well, meanwhile, we know Colin Carrard loves Derek Carr, loves him. And now he's loving to kind of beat up on the Raiders and, hey, Carr's losing record. That was the Raiders. I mean, what do you expect Carr to do? Here's Heard talking about Derek Carr and now what he's going into and how much better it's going to be with New Orleans. Derek Carr is easily this morning the best quarterback in his division. The Saints are providing two things the Raiders never could. An elite defense. He doesn't have to win every game by shootout against Patrick Mahomes. Shootout against Justin Herbert. And this year would have been shootouts. More of those against Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Okay, so for Derek Carr, it's a better experience. But I don't know that it means that he's in a situation now where he can win a championship or they're going to win 11 or 12 games. He and uh, J-Mac were talking this morning and... Have you seen a win total posted with Carr on the Saints? I, I don't think there's been I, – I mean, I wouldn't take money on it. You have to see no. what the rest of the team looks like. But Coward said he was ready to bet over 10 or 10 and a half. I'm like, on the Saints? I'll take that. Without, without knowing Al Kamara's situation? Okay. I'll book it. Uh, here's more glowing about the Saints on behalf of what Carr is walking into. And the other thing is this is an elite front office. So he goes and gets, it's also a winning culture. There's also stability with the Benson family and Mickey Loomis. You get stability, winning culture, elite defense, grown-up front office, all the stuff the Raiders couldn't provide. Dennis Allen. Is that stability? Is that elite culture? I mean, that is a big question. No, I'm laughing. He was a washout with the Raiders. I don't know if he can coach. That's kind of a big part of this. Right. The, the fingerprints of the previous regime, Sean Payton, yes. right? That was stability. You don't get to claim that as stability because, you're not, because you were on the staff. How much of the personnel work did Sean Payton do, both offense and defense? How many of the decisions did he make? Was he involved in the draft? I would assume he had some say. Yes. Yes. I think that the Saints are a good situation for Derek Carr because, yes, they have a chance early on to be the best team in the division. Again, I wouldn't get crazy that you go to the top of the division, you're comparing it to other teams that aren't aren't very good. Although, you know, let, let's see what let's see what happens around the division. We were just talking about Lamar Jackson a couple minutes ago and we'll examine all the possibilities. Uh, the Falcons could jump right back in. The Falcons are the exact one of the exact organizations we mentioned earlier that don't really have a guy on the horizon who's gonna fix things at quarterback. There there are about four or five organizations that are desperate have money they're all rich owners but in the case of uh art blank i mean he's an aggressive guy uh the division is not a cinch until we see all the personnel decisions correct and i would also put like uh, to push back on colin's point a little bit after the nfl draft if some of the rumors are true he might not be the best quarterback in that that division once the nfl draft is all over with what does that mean i mean there's a really good shot that panthers could be looking to trade up into the top four and draft cj shroud would you argue that Stroud is better his rookie year than Carr? I would say he would be on par. 
especially if if Carr is going to be the a similar quarterback to what he was last year, then yes. I'm happy for Carr. I'm also happy for the Jets. I didn't want him. I don't want him for that kind of money. He's not a match to the market. He is a great match for the New Orleans market because we know part of his existence is Camp Carr and scrutinizing what people say about him. The, the media, it's one of the smallest media throngs. There's, there's pressure on every NFL quarterback, but there's less in New Orleans. You know, it's one of the, I would say, lowest seven markets in terms of pressure. So it's a good match for him. And, and he is walking in if, if Alvin Kamara isn't you know, thrown in jail or isn't suspended for six, eight, ten games this year. He's walking into a situation where they have a good team, they have offensive weapons. So he should be able to win. Can I tell you the joke that I saw on Twitter that was great? That he chose the New Orleans Saints because he just wanted people to refer to him as a saint. <laughs> like that was the. How much did you laugh at that? Was it just a smile? It was what like, you did. It was like okay, a, just, <laughs> <laughs> like that's solid, <laughs> right? You're not gonna like. Yep. You're not gonna grab your belly and start laughing, but it's solid. All right. I'd like to give you something for that. That was a good relaying of the joke, but I'm gonna give it to the audience. How about that? No. Let's give away concert tickets. That was a terrible segue. But uh, George Thorogood is in town and the Destroyers. 50 years of rock tour, March 25th. It's a Saturday at the Palms in the Pearl. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Ticketmaster.com. But right now we'll give away two tickets to the big show on March 25th. Pearl, Palms, George Thorogood. 364-1100. Caller 7. Cofield and Company returns in two minutes, live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament inside the Thomas and Mac. Remember, he's thrown up the Crip sign. Several, I've seen him throw it up two or three times. I've, I probably missed some other times. What does that mean? Does that mean he wants to associate with the Crips, or he got initiated by the Crips, or he just he he has a dream of being a Crip? I I don't know. I, I'm just throwing this out. That are are we missing the boat here? That that's just who he's been from the start, and we keep saying no. You're just associating with the wrong people when he's actually part of the wrong people. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament inside the Thomas and Mac. Interesting close to that Skip Bayless comment on John Morant. Associated with the wrong people or part of the wrong people? Which, how about just come out and say, are you a gang member or is your family a giant pain in the ass? I like, uh, I like that you guys are journalists, right? I like the journalistic integrity of just like, I don't know, I'm just asking the question. I'm just asking the question. And we'll address Ja, <laughs> and everyone has something to say about Ja Morant. Uh, by the way, including Colorado authorities who were looking into if there was any sort of violations with waving a gun around a club in Denver. A uh, very important note I forgot to mention with the Mountain West Conference Tournament. We have the Lady Rebels coming up. We're out here at the Thomas and Mac. Five o'clock tip. The Running Rebels, some news just kind of just seeped out. I don't think anyone was trying to hide anything, but apparently the Mountain West doesn't send out announcements like this. Keyshawn Gilbert got ejected from the Reno game for a headbutt, which really, when you watch the highlight, it was kind of a head nudge, head caress. Um, he's suspended for the game tomorrow, so he's not playing. So he winds up serving two games for what they call the headbutt. But, yeah, he practiced today. He's allowed to practice. And then all of a sudden, you know, as media were like, okay, I guess we got to start to, uh, you know, really talk to – we would have anyway, but – Talk to Jordan McCabe because he's going to play a lot more minutes, and that means Jackie Johnson's going to play a bunch, and maybe Cam Burris is. So I'll put out a quick Cam Burris video. Uh, Cam hasn't spoken to the media a lot, and he was pretty good today, but he's a walk-on. But he played 11 minutes. 
in that Wolfpack victory. Adam Hill is here. We wanted to talk some hoops. We'll get back to football here in a second because we got the West Coast Conference final going down. First, I was trying to read it on the drive over. It's, it's automatic, right? It's, it's if a flagrant two ejection, you automatically get the next game. See, I didn't know that. So I, we I, just that's assumed, what I was trying to. I was I, to when I was it. sitting there, I'm like, I assume he's going to be suspended by the conference for the next game. Yeah, I was trying to find it because so I, I don't know for sure, but I, th I thought that was part of the flagrant two rule, but they've changed it like four times the last couple of years, so I don't know for sure. But I, I, I didn't know if they had suspended him or if that's just an automatic uh, reaction to when you get ejected. We'll look it up. So. Yeah, the way, the way that Gramala words in his piece says, the conference reviewed the incident said Gilbert violated conduct policies meriting an additional one-game suspension. Yeah. I would assume that means rules say. Sure. Yeah. That wasn't from the conference, though. That was from school sources because I was standing there as that was said. Uh, okay. So we should look it up. By NCAA rules and conference rules, it would be oh. NCAA rules. I assumed. Sorry. No, no, no. You're, it's, I'm glad you read it because I didn't say it. You're Can't right. Trust I, anything in these no, days? No, no, media no, no. these days. You're right. But that, I just wanted to mention that that's not. I don't believe that's directly from the conference unless Mike called him up. Um, by the way, I also have to mention with UNLV, so much going on right now, right? With all the conference tournaments, they have their pro day tomorrow for the draft. So they have got uh, nine players uh, working out for pro scouts. And then Hawaii is on the adjacent field. Hawaii football's in town. What? I don't know. Ninth Island. So that's going on. That's going on Why would tomorrow. you not want to work out of the great stadium that we got to go to earlier this year? Well, I'd also think that scouts are like, we're not going to Hawaii for two guys. <laughs> so they had to come back to the mainland. I think that's <laughs> required. West Coast Conference Tournament. The attendance was pretty good last night. Um, both jammed or not? Because I noticed with the Gonzaga game, the one end maybe had like hundreds of seats that were empty. The rest seemed jam-packed. Well, the issue is only two schools really have fans. That travel here, yeah. And so they played in separate games last night. So BYU fans left because they lost. If they would have won, I think they probably would have stayed around. Uh, so they left. So there was some people that left. But, yeah, tonight, uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's, of course, the game everybody expected. I will say, noteworthy from what you guys were talking about about five minutes ago when I first sat down, just over there right now, Gonzaga women got stunned in the final, which means that's a bid gone. They could have potentially gone. Portland takes the bid, could have potentially wow. gone to the Lady Rebels. I mentioned uh, repeatedly seven mid-major teams are ahead of the Lady Rebels in the net. So that's one of them now who will steal a bid. Um, boy, did I have a wrong side push yesterday. <laughs> BYU getting seven. I mean, they, they rallied and got within two. Could have been right there. But they, they, were, getting, they were getting blown they were, they were off down, the floor. They were down 30. <laughs> so, I mean, at that point, I'm like, yeah, good bet. Well, I'll take the push. You got a good number, too. It was a lot of six and a half, mm -hmm. I think, were out there. How did St. Mary's look? Does that worry you, that they couldn't hold the lead and put them away? No, I think it was a case of – and it, it's funny. It's something that I thought the Lady Rebels didn't really do yesterday, uh, and I think it was the same situation last night, where you've got a tournament, and you can't – if you're up, you've got you to think about tomorrow, not today – and I thought the Lady Rebels played a lot of their players. You know, I'm looking out on the floor and like, wait, they're up 40 points? Why is – Why didn't you ask Lindy? Why, why she sat down with us. You're right. I well, she up. said the exact opposite. She said it was nice to be able to get some of our oh. reserves in and rest our starters. And I was like, I saw Essence Booker in the fourth quarter. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, Etheridge and, and uh, Durazo Frescas were in there probably with three minutes left. Yeah. Um, and so last night I think, I think it was a case of St. Mary's like, all right, well, we got Gonzaga tomorrow, so let's, let's focus on Chill. tomorrow. And you saw them almost lose the game, which was crazy to be up 30 points and almost lose it. But um, that's also why coaches sometimes panic a little bit and keep starters in. Does St. Mary's not have a deep rotation? 
They don't really have any players. Like, was, like, no. they, the minutes load, when I was watching yesterday, I was like, are these guys going to come off the floor? I think they, they had two guys They were off in, the, but yeah. they're fo- they certainly weren't, like, dialed in. Right. Like, they weren't defending hard. They were just kind of out there. No, I'm to, like, to your yeah. overall point, right, yeah. where you're like, okay, we're up. Like, we can kind of take a foot off the yeah. pedal because only five of us are playing meaningful minutes. Well, I think, I think a lot of times if you see the starters actually come out of the game, then yeah. you'll see backups go hard because they're, you know, they're in. But I think what they did is the starters were like, all right, we're, we're good. We're, you know, we're up 30. We're good. We're cruise control. Let's not exert ourselves defensively and – you saw what happened there. So Harry Wessels got in for two minutes. So <laughs> kind of a wild game, but yeah, it should be it should be fun tonight. I think you know I, I was very interested to see what the line was. I saw earlier today it was around three three and a half. I don't know if that's changed much at all uh, for this spot, but Gonzaga slightly favored. I think this is their twenty sixth straight appearance in the West Coast Conference Final, which is pretty wild. It's down to two and a half uh, total, one forty. Two and a half, maybe. maybe Has later. anything in the tournament changed people's take, or we just we get the matchup? And they're just going to favor Gonzaga. The reason I mentioned that is we had talked about it last week that uh, at, at least a one book that I looked early, uh, same areas was minus one twenty five to win the tournament. Gonzaga was minus one fifteen, the double minus situation. Yeah, yeah, good pricing. Is that um, because is that because the they anticipated the two three matchup would be harder than the path of same areas before the tournament? Yeah, potentially that you know they could have, and then obviously the San Francisco kind of pulled an upset there. So um, you know that San was San Fran bit. is the. F- Six, six, but they, right. they beat the three to yeah. get there. So yeah. Gonzaga didn't have to play the three, which I believe was Loyola. Yes, I think so. I'll double check. Or Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Santa Clara. One of yeah. yeah, Santa Clara. Um, there's been there's so many games going on. I was over at uh, the Darlone Darlone Center today. I was. What you watch there. over there? Uh, I was just I was just picking up credential over okay. there, and I went. Uh, Mick Ultra Arena is where the wax started today. I was over there for a little bit, and then they're moving Thursday to the Orleans, but they had to play their first-round games over yeah. at McUltra. That one got me a little bit. I drove by the sign today, and it said March 6th and 7th, and I'm like, wait, they're, what are they only bringing, like, four teams here? Yeah. So they're doing a split tournament. Yeah, because well, they just they needed the arena earlier, and the West Coast is still at Orleans, so they had to play at McUltra, and then they'll move it over for the quarterfinals starting Thursday, including former UNLV coach Todd Simon will be there leading his uh, Southern Utah team in there. By the way, that pricing thing, that could also just be really terrible pricing. Yeah, just by bad that pricing. Price. Yeah. So two and a half. When, when, by the way, I mean, I was looking at some of the projections and some of the more popular ones like Ken Palm have this projected as a win for St. Mary's. So you see sometimes you'll see that buyback. I mean, to have it three and a half or a lot of the popular projections well, project it the other way. The, the other thing on that, and actually it was, it was kind of a, a little bit interesting to bring it up, and I know he was just supporting his fans, but Mark Few said, you know, this is not a neutral site game. And it's not. <laughs> this is not. I think a lot of the projections we're looking at as neutral site. It's not. This is Gonzaga's home. The, it's it's a 99% Gonzaga crowd. They play here every single year. Uh, this is not neutral, so I, I think some of that some of that is played into the line as well. And I think everybody kind of understands that this is the Gonzaga gym. Who do you like? Gonzaga. Why? Uh, I think off- offensively they're just <laughs> they're just so superior. And St. Mary's has done a lot of really good things this year. We saw them, you know, kind of kind of in, uh, institute their will a little bit on Gonzaga in the one meeting, but. Gonzaga showed the other uh, the other meeting that they were, uh, you know, obviously had a chip on their shoulder and they were ready to come out and, and fight back. But I think Gonzaga's offense, especially the way that, you know, last night we saw uh, San Francisco do a lot of collapsing on Drew Timmy. And it was like, all right, let's just have some of these guys come in. And uh, they had, a, they had a, a deep reserve guy kind of come in and just knock down a couple of threes and, and open things up. And they just have so many different things they can do to you offensively. And uh, to, to John's point, there's not a whole lot of depth to the St. Mary side. So um, I think Gonzaga can come at you a little bit of waves. They can have scoring from so many different spots. You know, when they needed a basket last night in the first half, Julian Strother took over and scored like nine straight points. And then obviously didn't hear from him for a while. And 
Drew Timmy got a couple of points, and then Watson you know, was just, really good. Watson b- b- bust in with some scoring. And he he's been the guy that. Uh, and San Francisco talked about it last night after the game. They said, "Look, you've got to pick your poison when you play this team." And we decided to leave Watson open, and he killed us. And you got to leave somebody open, and that's the guy we picked. And uh, it was a bad decision. And so uh, there's just so many different options that Gonzaga has. Now I, I think it's gonna be a good, great game. I think it'll be very close. But if you're you know making a pick, I'd go Gonzaga. Let's close out with uh, Adam because he's bouncing around all the different conference tournaments back onto Derek Carr. So we were talking yesterday about trying to clarify exactly what Carr got from a guaranteed money standpoint because that's all that really matters. Yeah. All this other stuff, you know, as you had uh, guessed at yesterday or you know, educated guests, the, the $105 million deal for Geno Smith is not $105 million. No. He's not getting 105 guaranteed. Fully guaranteed is totally different. And then we're talking about the Lamar Jacksons and the Deshaun Watson and the Wishes. Of others, I kept seeing Carr's deal reported as 100 guaranteed. No. It's two years, $60 million. Okay. And, and if you want to call it 270 you can. Because there is $70 million guaranteed at signing to Derek Carr. To me, that $10 million was thrown in because Derek Carr said publicly he wanted $35 million. This is something we saw with, with the Raiders contract too, right? That he wanted to make a big splashy announcement about it, and then we, it turned out we said no, that's not what the deal is. He wanted he wanted to make thirty five million a year. That's what he said. That's what he stated. And so when they gave him two years, sixty million, he got an extra ten million guaranteed in year three. Now, if he signed somewhere else in a third year, that ten million is paid by is is come, comes out of that. It's a, there's offset language for that ten million. So if he makes ten million from say, the Panthers, and you know the year three. That comes out of what the Saints would have owed him, so it comes back down to sixty. So right. it's seventy million dollars of guaranteed cash. It's a two-year, sixty million dollar deal for Derek Carr. And you called this when Derek Carr signed here, right? Because it was reported so it was in excess deal. of a hundred million dollars, and you're like, they have an out. This is the guaranteed money. It's a one-year deal. Okay, tell me why. And by the way, I, I believe Derek Carr's third-year cap number, if he's on the Saints, is like fifty-four million dollars. Mm-hmm. There's zero chance he's on the Saints in year three. Mark Zero. Davis. Mark Davis must want Lamar Jackson, right? I would think so. Or are we just misreading you? this whole thing that he doesn't want? He doesn't want, he doesn't want the next star. There is, this is this to me. I mean, this is it might sound hyperbole. I don't think it is. This is the biggest news story in NFL history. Lamar Jackson. All the different moving pieces. If every other team decides not to sign him to a deal, that's collusion. That's what's going to happen. I, you know, I just told John, you know, let's take a quick time out here. We'll continue with this because we got to catch up a little bit. But I, I told John 40 minutes ago, I listened to Fox Sports Radio all day today at different times, and everyone's like, nope, no one else is going to step up. I'm like, there, there are teams in this league that are so desperate. No one is going to step up. And now you're mentioning collusion. That's fascinating. Cofield and Company is live at the Thomas and Mac for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Yeah, I think uh, something special about us is that every one player on our team contributes. And that, like, when you stop one of us, there's always somebody coming next. And if we play together, nobody can stop us. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament inside the Thomas and Mac. Yeah, ladies tip in 65 minutes, Justice Etheridge. Talking about the quality of the depth on the Lady Rebels. Von Tobel, Cofield, Adam Hill is here with us. We're getting into some NFL. So, 
Adam threw something out on Lamar Jackson. If you didn't see the Lamar Jackson news today, he's got a franchise tag, but it's not exclusive. That means another team could come in, offer him big money. He could agree to it, and then the Ravens get two first-round picks back. I think there's five or six organizations that are so desperate for a quarterback or have had horrific quarterback experiences over the year, over the years, uh, like the Jets. Of course there's going to be some teams who are going to talk to him. And then Adam mentioned collusion if no one steps up to talk to him. And then Field Yates just tweeted out what? Teams that reportedly will not be in uh, pursuit of a deal for Lamar Jackson include the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Raiders. All teams with, arguably, quarterback openings. I don't even think arguably. Those are the teams <laughs> right. with the quarterback openings. Jets were not in there. No, because they're yeah. pursuing. Maybe Aaron the thought Rogers is, and, yeah, and when they don't get Rodgers, then right. they need to be in on Lamar Jackson. Because that, that is, I mean, from my experience, you know, watching the team as a fan, that is the organization that can look back and go, Jesus, we have never had a franchise quarterback for more than like three years. And, and the guys who were franchise quarterbacks were not franchise quarterbacks. Ken O'Brien and Chad Pennington and a little Tessie. But before that, it's Joe Namath. So I, I was telling him when we opened the show, like I, th- I feel like one of the moves Lamar makes now is don't you hire an agent? Don't you get somebody? Because I, if he doesn't, because we're talking about collusion now, I think one of the things the NFL teams can fall back on is like, look, man, he was just asked for everything, and he's not – you know what I mean? Like he's just – you know, we can't really negotiate with the player himself and his mom. So – but if you get an agent, a professional to go in there that is known for making deals, then you come out of that with none of these teams really want anything – like you want to sign them. That's when it looks really tough. Well, I think there's a lot of really good agents, but you also have to be careful. Like I said, there are agents that are going to play the game with the NFL. Right? And, and so I don't think you want to have that – because it's, it's pretty clear – that the entire intent of this entire thing, from the Ravens now to everybody else, is to make sure there's no more Deshaun Watson deals. No more fully guaranteed massive contracts for quarterbacks, and the league is putting their foot down. And that's kind of what's happening here. And so I don't, I, I wouldn't want an agent to come in and be like, hey, we got to do this. Let's make this deal happen. UNLVTickets.com. Grab your tickets for the Lady Rebels game tonight.